All right, so notice what it says in verse 4 of Ecclesiastes chapter 1. It says, One generation passeth away, and another generation cometh, but the earth abideth forever. The sun also ariseth, and the sun goeth down, and hasteth to his place where he arose. The wind goeth toward the south, and turneth about unto the north. It whirleth about continually, and the wind returneth again according to a circuit. So notice how it's, it's pointing out things that just kind of have a pattern that are repetitive. All right, You have one generation comes, another generation goes. The Lord tarries His coming. Eventually, all of us are going to be gone, but you know what? Another generation is going to rise up. You know, the wind, you know, the wind, it kind of has its paths that it takes. There are seasonal cycles. We are in winter right now, which is, uh, you know, not my favorite season. But guess what? It's just a part of life in Illinois. And you know what? Next year, it's going to happen again. Next year, it's going to get cold again. And you know what? I'm not going to worry about it because spring's going to come too. You know, we're, we're used to these things. In verse 7, it says, all the rivers run into the sea, yet the sea is not full. Under the place from whence the rivers come, thither they return again. You know, we live right by the river, and you can just kind of wash out water. It just keeps going and keeps going. Where does it go? Well, you know, it eventually all goes to the oceans, I guess. And you know, where does it all come from? Well, it comes from other oceans. It's got patterns. It has cycles that we're all used to. It says, "All things are full of labor. Man cannot utter it. The eye is not satisfied with seeing, nor the ear filled with hearing. The thing that hath been, it is that which shall be." And that which is done is that which shall be done. And there is no new thing under the sun. And the title of my message this morning is No New Thing in the New Year. You know, one of the things that we all are hearing right now, we're going into New Year, and you know, you hear the famous slogan is, you know, New Year, New Year. New Year, New You. You know, 2019, that's just the year when everybody's going to get their act together and, you know, their diet's going to succeed and their finances are going to turn around and they're not going to do anything bad. And, you know, even though last year was a train wreck, you know, hey, it's 2019, it's a new year. And so, you know, we're all, everybody's going to celebrate and uh, just be all excited that just 2019 is going to be perfect. And then, but you know what's going to happen? You're just going to repeat 2018. In most cases, it's going to be basically the same thing. You know, there is no new thing under the sun. It says in verse 10, Is there anything whereof it may be said, See, this is new. It hath been already of old time, which was before us. There is no remembrance of former things, neither shall there be any remembrance of things that are to come with those that shall come after. Now, I want you to understand this passage right here in Ecclesiastes. This is written by Solomon. And a lot of what he expresses in the book of Ecclesiastes is just kind of how he's feeling. A lot of these things aren't meant to be taken. Just We're not supposed to go overly literal on this stuff. I mean, obviously, in, a, in one sense, there are new things. You know, We've got some uh, new visitors here today. But you know what? We've had visitors before. We've got new babies that are here today that you know we had not well, we never seen before. But you know what? We've had we've had that happen before too. And you know what? It's going to happen again. The things that we often say are new things are not really new things. It's just something similar has happened before. And especially in today's day and age, we're constantly thinking there are new things because we have new technology and stuff like that. But in reality, when it comes to just normal life, when it comes to the problems in life, when it comes to your own personal life, there really is no new thing. And it's important that we understand that because of the fact, too, the, the principles of the Bible, you need to understand they are timeless. 
they work for all generations. And whatever comes up, all right, whatever new inventions coming up, whatever new uh, disorders that we come up with, whatever whatever new technologies, whatever new weapons, whatever new thing we come up with that just cause more problems for ourselves, just understand these aren't really new things. And in fact, the way we need to deal with these new things is based on what we see in the Bible, how to deal with the old things. Because in reality, it's not a new thing. And so, you know, don't go hyper-literal on this passage where it says there's no new thing. Alright, if you got a new car this year, we understand you got a new car, but getting a new car is not really a new thing, is it? Because guess what's going to happen to that new car? It's going to get old, and it's going to go to a junkyard, isn't it? That, why? Because it's not really a new thing. What's happening to you is something that has happened before to many other people. And the things that we experience, these are not new things, alright? If you're experiencing health problems, guess what? You're not the first person that's ever experienced health problems. Okay? If you, you know, if you lose a family member, or if somebody dies, or if you die, that's not new. That has always happened. I remember, you know, my wife, she's getting close to having our seventh baby. And I remember when she was getting close to having our first one, I just remember getting really, really nervous. And thinking, you know, I'm thinking about all these things that could happen. And then I'll never forget, it just kind of hit me. And I took a lot of comfort in the fact that I, was, I thought, there are billions of people in this world, and they all got here the same way. You know, so, yeah, it, it's scary. Things can happen. But we're not going through something new. We're going through something that literally everybody in one way, shape, or form has been through. In their lifetime, so I kind of took comfort in that, and it helped me out. But so this time of year, we're going to hear these slogans, you know, "New Year, New You." But the problem that's going to be coming in this year for a lot of people is the fact that they're not going to really change anything from the last year. Therefore, they're going to have all the same problems. A date on a calendar doesn't really change anything. And so, if we're going to have a different outcome in 2019, there are some things that we need to recognize. And first. The first thing you need to know, this is kind of a little bonus tip for you. The new gimmicks of 2019 will be the old gimmicks of 2018 just repackaged. Alright? Y'all realize that? I mean, there's always the new fad diets. You know, right now is the keto diet. Hey, and listen, if you're doing a keto diet and it's successful, alright, here's the secret to a successful diet. Just actually doing it. Alright? You know why most diets don't work? Because we all cheat. Alright? So the thing is, and, that, and and from what I've been told, that's not much different than like the Adkins diet that I remember was a big fat. I don't even know. I haven't I haven't tried these ones. But you know, it's not really a new it's not really a new thing. Okay? Dieting is not a new thing. And whatever diet they come up with in twenty nineteen that's the fad diet, it's just gonna be a repackaged old diet. Alright? So just you know, don't get all excited about it. Whatever new pill they come up with that has a really cool new name. Alright, it's one of the old pills, you know, just with a new title. That's all it is. Maybe one little extra ingredient. But, you know, the key to success in your personal life, it's going to be found in the old ways and in the old paths. The key to a successful 2019, it's not going to be found in the latest magazine article, on the latest blog post that you follow. It's going to be found in the Scriptures. That's where we get the answers to these things. And I'm, I'm really kind of using this message. This message is kind of... Uh, I'm using it to kick off a series I'm wanting to start. I'm starting uh, in 2019. I'll preach the first message on it next week. And basically, the I guess the title of the series 
is you know old-fashioned solutions to modern-day problems. Okay, because there are many things that seem like these are new problems that we have. Okay, you know, there's a lot of things that we're dealing with today. It doesn't seem like we were dealing with them in previous generations. They do appear to be new problems. But at the same time, when we actually get to the root of these things, it's not really a new thing. It's not really a new problem. And the solutions to these new problems can actually be found in the principles of God's Word. And so I've got, I've got several examples. I'm going to kind of just introduce some of these to you today. But for example, I want us to look at a few things that are often considered new, but they really aren't. Okay, And at least the principles for dealing with these new things are not new. The principles for dealing with them successfully are found in the Word of God. So for example, we always are hearing about the new technology. Okay? I mean, it was not that long ago when everybody was raging over the Blackberry. Remember when the Blackberry was the big thing? You know, now people look at you like you've got an, you're showing them an antique if you show them a Blackberry. You know, that iPhone just went and destroyed that. You know, and even Brother Jerry's flip phone that we love making fun of all the time that he has. You know, I remember when people were showing those things off. I remember when I got the Razor phone. I thought it was so cool because you could take pictures on it. You know, that was not very long ago. And we see the way technology is progressing and it can boggle the mind. I mean, it really does. I mean, it blows my mind what some of these things are able to do. I mean, you know, you know the iPad, it's, it's crazy what that thing can do. You know, and especially if you just go back 10 years. And before, I don't even think they had iPads 10 years. That's, that's less than 10 years old. These are, these are new things, but you all understand new technology often causes new problems, doesn't it? You know, now we have all this new technology, we're able to communicate, but now we've got problems with, uh, you know, predators now. Your home is not safe anymore. You know, if you're not careful, some pervert can actually get in contact with your kid. They can have, I mean, face-to-face video conversations, and they, I mean, it's horrible stuff that's going on on the Internet. You know, everybody saw that show a few years back, you know, To Catch a Predator that freaked everybody out, how easy it was for them to get predators showing up at that guy's house. Okay, That's bad. All right? that's, a, that's something that kind of comes with the new technology. You know, It is very hard to control certain things. You know, Pornography, now the access to it is so simple. I mean, you can get it on your cell phone pretty much anywhere where there was a time you, know, you had to go to some nasty part of town in some you know, creepy bookstore to get a lot of that stuff. Now it's just right there at your fingertips. And that is a problem. That is, that is a problem that comes with new technology. But we've got to understand that new technology is nothing more than new tools that we've come up with to cause us to have the same old problems. Okay? The things that cause us, you know, the, the things we get ourselves in trouble with, with new technology, they are a result of problems we've had for a long time. I remember, you know, as a kid, my mom, she always liked watching Little House on the Prairie. All right? Anybody watched, grew up watching Little House on the Prairie, right? Y'all remember the episode where they got the telephone, all right? And, you know, and of course, Harriet, she's listening in on the switchboard and finds out one of the uh, women in town had been married before and her husband didn't know it. And then what does this, you know, Harriet do? She goes and she starts blabbing it all over town. You know, she's eavesdropping, listening in on phone conversations. And of course, and then her husband, the husband finds out and he's all upset and caused all these marriage problems. 
And the happy ending at the end of the show, they kind of made up, but then the husband went and he destroyed the phone. You know, he ended up, he ended up destroying the phone like it's the phone's fault. No, you know what? It was the fact that your wife lied. That was, that was the problem. You know, lying is a problem and it's always been a problem. And it's the fact too that Harriet is a gossip. Alright? That, and that is not a new problem either. We see in 1 Timothy 5.13, it says, with all they learn to be idle, wandering about from house to house, and not only idle, but tattlers also, and busybodies speaking things which they ought not. Okay? Going from house to house and tattling, talking about other people, that was going on in Paul's day. That was going on 2,000 years ago. Now, what is it we see going on today? We have, you know, now, we have, you know, Facebook, you've got the internet. Now you can spread news faster, can't you? But it's the same problem, isn't it? It's the same problem being an idle tattler and a busybody, sticking your nose where it doesn't belong, saying things that you shouldn't be saying. That is not a new problem. Y'all get that? That is a very old problem. That is an old problem. And you know what? The solutions to that type of problem are in the Word of God. We're not going to go into those this week. We'll talk about those probably next week. But these are not new problems. These are old problems. We have just found tools to just make it easier for us to do some of these same bad things. We see a lot of preachers today, they're often complaining and they're always lamenting about the Internet. They're always complaining about the Internet and talking about how much they hate the Internet. Why? Because Internet makes it us a lot more able to spread heresy, right? But we can also spread truth too, can't we? And so what we see a lot of preachers doing today, because they're not, you know, they're always, a lot of times they're behind the times, not able to keep up with the technology. And I'm right there too. I'm always just, I'm always behind the curve, you know, on stuff. I'm always a little late to a lot of things. But at the same time, because of the internet, I mean, it is very easy to spread heresy, to spread false teaching. It's it's a very easy thing to do. But y'all understand, spreading heresy is not a new thing. We see that was going on in Paul's day. It said in Acts chapter twenty and verse twenty nine says, "For I know this that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Also of your own selves shall men arise speaking perverse things." to draw away disciples after them. So even in Paul's day, there were people who were rising up trying to just get followers, trying to cause division, trying to spread wicked teaching. That was going on in Paul's day. But you know how Paul combated it back in his day? He taught people the truth. He combated he he taught people the truth so they would know how to recognize these things. And you know what I think we need to do today, since we have the internet and there's so many bad guys out there using it to spread false teaching and false doctrine, I say we use it and spread good teaching and good doctrine. You know, it's like a lot of these preachers today, they're wanting to combat you know, it, it, well, for example, all right. So back in the day, you know, people used to fight with clubs and rocks and things like that. And then they got a little more advanced. They had bows and arrows. You know, and I have guns and things. You know, nowadays, you know, because you know, with the weapons and things they have, you know, you don't want to be taking a bow and arrow to go fight in a war, do you? You know, we want to use our airplanes and our bombs and all our technology that we have. Okay, and if you want to stick to the old paths and just use a bow and arrow or a club and a stick or something like that, just understand. You're going to get beat real fast. And it's the same thing too. It's like these guys, they want to stick to the old paths when it comes to communication 
And so they want to use their tin cans with a string tied to it while other people are out there using the Internet you know, and using the technology that's available. You know what? They're going to lose. And we're seeing that in a lot of Baptist churches today that have some good doctrine. They are avoiding these things because they don't want to be critiqued or for whatever reason. And they're losing their people to all this false doctrine that's being spread. They're not teaching their people like they should. And I personally think we ought to use these things. I think we ought to use the technology that is available to us. You know, I'm, I'm, I understand there's a lot of bad things that can be done on the internet and with smartphones and computers, but you know, there's a lot of good things too. And I like those things. And we all take advantage of those things every day. I mean, isn't it nice that whenever you have a power outage, which is pretty common this time of year, that there's things through the internet and stuff where they know it. A lot of times you don't even have to call them up. In fact, our power went out this week and I got a notification on my cell phone that our power went out. And I wasn't even home. I got a notification from them. And then we were gone. We had went out of town and I got a notification when it came back on. That's pretty cool. Alright? I like that kind of thing. I didn't have to worry about my food all rotting in the refrigerator and stuff like that. And there's all kinds of things like that that we can take advantage of. But just the spreading of false doctrine, it's not a new thing. In Jude 1.3, it says, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. For there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men, turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. So, this, and we see this going on today too. And this stuff is greatly used on the internet. You know, all the new, young, hip, you know, hipster, trendy types that are pastoring, they're all using this stuff to turn the grace of God into lasciviousness. And we're supposed to earnestly contend for the faith. And so, you know, I, I personally want to do it using things like the internet. I want to use those things, but at the same time, the principles, I'm going to stick to good doctrine. I'm going to stick to sound doctrine. I'm going to stick to those those old ways and those old principles. And if I, as long as I do that, I will be able to use the new technology and the new things that come in a good way and be effective and be able to deal with these new problems. Because that's, that's the other thing too we're always being fed to us. It's always being told us that we have these new problems today, these new crises, for example. You know, we hear a lot about wars. You know, wars, famines, pestilences. But those things have always been around too, haven't they? In James chapter 4, go ahead, uh, turn to James chapter 4. Let me show you a passage there. It says in there, because obviously we see a lot more of it today. It's easier for us to hear about all the wars that are going on today because we've got you know, all these news uh, organizations that run 24 hours a day. You know, we've got the internet. We've got television. It's very easy to spread information. And because of that, I mean, when I watch the Weather Channel, I was at McDonald's one day and they had the Weather Channel on in there and I could have swore we were in the tribulation. I mean, because there is always some part of the world that's having a natural disaster. You know, for a while it was in California with the wildfires. It's like, man, this has got to be a tribulation. You know, you'd see an earthquake somewhere, you know, a tornado somewhere else. But you all understand this is a really big planet. There's always going to be some place that's having bad weather. It's just we all hear about it instantly now. There's, there's a lot of nations. There are billions of people on this earth. Do you all realize there's always going to be a war that's being fought somewhere? This is not new stuff. Okay, We're just hearing about it faster. 
It's being you know repackaged in a new way. And how much we hear about it, what things we hear about too, it depends on which wars the politicians are wanting us to get involved in. You know, it all depends on what the agenda is at the time. But you know what? At the end of the day, James 4 sums it up best. It says, from whence come wars and fightings among you. Okay, and all and this here, it's not just talking about you know national wars. We can have wars even in our church if we're not careful. Many people often have wars within their own family where you're not necessarily killing each other, but you know, if looks could kill, you'd be killing each other. You know, there's the fighting, the hostility going on. But it says, From whence come wars and fighting among you? Come they not hence even of your lusts that war in your members. Ye lust and have not. Ye kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. Ye fight and ye war, yet ye have not, because ye ask not. Fighting, wars, conflict, this is not a new thing. When Jesus Christ returns, okay, things will be like they always have been. It says in 2 Peter chapter 2 and verse 3, you know, it says, but the day of the Lord is going to come as a thief in the night. You know, they're going to say peace and safety and sudden destruction is going to come upon them. There's all the, when Jesus Christ returns, the world is going to be having all the same problems that it had before. And people are just going to go on thinking it's just normal. The Lord delayeth His coming since the fathers fell asleep. All things continue as they were. It's just the same thing over and over and over again. And one of these days, when Jesus Christ returns, for many people, they're just going to have an attitude. I didn't see anything different. Yeah, there was wars going on. Yeah, there was earthquakes. There was famines. There was pestilences. But that stuff's been going on since the beginning of time. You know why? Because there are no new things. It, it, there is no new thing. It's just the same thing over and over again. And but people today they're always trying to make it like it's this new crisis, you know. And so we're always told, well, all right, you know, we're watch, you're watching the Weather Channel. Everybody's panicking because the whole world's just falling apart, you know. And then what, so what do they tell us? Climate change. You know, what's the solution? Let's raise your taxes and have, you know put more government control on you so you all can't destroy the planet. Hey, I'm sorry, but you know what? Tornadoes. Not a new thing. Earthquakes, not a new thing. You know, cold winters, not a new thing. Hot summers, not a new thing. There is always going to be some place on earth that is having some kind of natural disaster. It's always been, it's always been going on, and it always will go on until Jesus Christ sets up his kingdom on this earth and fixes everything. But until then, we're going to have these problems. Murder has always been around. Go ahead and turn over to Genesis chapter 4. Let me show you something. Because one of the things that we're always having shoved down our throats too, and not all of it's bad, but you know, we're always hearing about, you know, how important it is that we have diversity and that we all coexist. We've all seen the coexist bumper stickers. And you know, if we could just get rid of religion, that would stop most of the wars. That's what people often say. You know, if we could all just unite around one religion and have one common goal, then everything would be great. Then all the wars would stop. And so we're always having all that, you know, coexist junk shoved down our throats. But listen, that doesn't work. Okay? Let's go back to Genesis chapter 4. You know, you'll see the fighting that goes on. You'll see the race wars. All these things that are, that are going on. And the solution that everybody always wants to come up with is government intervention. Alright? It's always the government everybody wants to go to for everything to fix all of our problems. But listen, they don't even understand the root of these problems. Okay? Because let's, a lot of times they'll say, you know, it, it's a race problem because we haven't taught enough about diversity. Okay? Now, I don't know about you. When I see people with other 
with a different color skin than me, that doesn't make me want to go kill them. Alright? I'm, I'm, I, I think we have successfully taught people to be colorblind. Alright? And not judge people based on the color of their skin, but on the content of their character. I, I think we've done pretty good. I've never looked at somebody. I thought they have a different color skin than me. I want to kill them. Alright? I've never done that. But it's like people think that's why we see a lot of the murders. Oh, the white guy killed the black guy. It must have been because of the color of his skin. Are we sure? Is that why we have murder? I personally don't think it is. Well, you know, it's because we have guns. If we didn't have guns, we wouldn't have murder. That's another thing that's kind of pushed and taught. But, you know, that's not, that's not true either. Because look at Genesis chapter 4. This, at this time, there was only one family in the world. So guess what? They all probably looked alike. Okay? They probably all were, you know, they were, they probably, you know, all had the same color skin. Alright? They looked alike. And it says Adam knew his wife and she conceived and bare Cain. And Cain, uh, and she, and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. And she again bare his brother Abel, and Abel was a keeper of the sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. Right there was their problem. If they'd all had the same job, working for the same thing, but you know, now we've got shepherds, you know, versus farmers. Alright? You see, the, the problem is not a racial thing, and even in this, it wasn't even that one had one job and one had another job. Okay? And you all know the story. I'm not going to read the whole story of Cain and Abel. Cain and Abel brought their offerings to God. God was pleased with Cain's, and he wasn't, or he was pleased with Abel's, and he wasn't pleased with Cain's. So Cain got jealous. Cain went and he killed his own brother. Think about that. It had nothing to do with race. It had nothing to do with guns. Alright? It just had everything to do with the fact that Cain was a sinner. It had everything to do with the fact that Cain was jealous of his brother. It had everything to do with the fact that even though the whole world was pretty much theirs, because there's only them on the earth, the fact that Cable or the Abel had one thing that Cain didn't have, and that was that Abel pleased God and Cain didn't. Abel had the approval of God and Cain didn't. And having that one thing different, you know what? It caused Cain to kill murder. Now, what could the government have done to fix that? Alright? There's nothing you can do to fix some things. That, that is just a sin problem that he had. And you know what? The murder that's going on today, it's not a new thing. There has been murder since the beginning of time. It had nothing to do with race. It had nothing to do with the laws. It had nothing to do with social status or economic status. It had everything to do with just that there's some evil people. And so you know what God did later? God instituted the death penalty. He said, hey, whoso sheddeth man's blood, by man shall his blood be shed. God never set up a system that, hey, let's find a way to stop crime from happening. You know what God did? Because God wants us to have freedom. God did teach us, though, to severely punish those who do harm to other people. That is what God instituted, and that's what should be done. That is the old-fashioned solution to this modern-day problem. And you know what? What's going on today, and everybody wants to talk about the guns, and everybody wants to talk about government control, but you know, really the only new thing we've got going on today is we have come up with new tools to make bad things easier. You know, back then, Cain probably had to go find a rock or something, I don't know, to hit Abel over the head with. I don't, he could have strangled him. But you know, Adam and Eve didn't get together and say, alright, we're going to have to get rid of all the rocks in the world. You know, how, how are you going to do that? You know, we're going to have to take people's hands away if he strangled them. You know, that's, that's just foolish. 
Okay? And God has never God never set up laws to prevent these things. God set up laws to deal with those who hurt others. And that, my friends, is the old-fashioned solution to many of these modern-day problems is we've got to go back to actually punishing evildoers like the Bible says to do. Because while many things seem to change, one thing that does not change, that is the Word of God. The principles of God's Word are timeless and they will work in any country, in any age, and in every situation. It says in Isaiah 40, verse 8, "...the grass withereth, the flower fadeth, but the Word of God..." of our God shall stand forever. Psalm 33.11 says, "...the counsel of the Lord standeth forever, the thoughts of His heart to all generations." Psalms 100 verse 5, "...for the Lord is good, His mercy is everlasting, and His truth endureth to all generations." Matthew 24.35, "...heaven and earth shall pass away, but My Word shall not pass away." It is true we are seeing what appear to be new problems going on in our world today because of technology, because of the new weapons and things we have, because of all these new things we have. We do see what appear to be new problems, but the truth is it's just the old problems repackaged and the solution to these problems is not going to be found in Washington, D.C. It's not going to be found by the psychologist. It's going to be found in the Word of God. The principles of God work for all generations. They work for all demographics. They work with any technology that comes. If we would follow Bible principles, we would be safe. Satan really only has a few tricks, folks. Satan only has a few tricks that he uses. Really, three. You know what he has? He has the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. It says in 1 John 2.15, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. So we see those three things, the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. We're not going to go back and look at it. That is exactly what Satan used to get Eve to eat the fruit. When she saw it was a tree to be desired to make one wise, it was a tree that was good for food. You know that lust of the flesh; it looked good. The lust of the eyes, a tree to be desired to make one wise, the pride of life. Those are the three things that Satan used to get Eve to eat that fruit. When Satan tempted Jesus four thousand years later, when Satan went to tempt Jesus in the wilderness. He used all three of those things on Jesus. Now, thankfully on Jesus, it didn't work. But guess what? Those are the things that Satan tempts people with today. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. That's all he's got. Okay. Now, he, he, does, he repackages these things. He renames these things. But ultimately, the appeal for these sins can be found in the, they can be put in those three categories. And the way to deal with those things are found in the Scriptures. Guess how Jesus fought off Satan? You know how Jesus fought off Satan? With every one of those things that Satan brought to Jesus, Jesus quoted Scripture. He quoted Scripture with all of them. You know when Satan went to Eve and brought these things to Eve, used those temptations on Eve? You know what Eve did? She actually changed the Word of God. She added to the Word of God. She perverted the Word of God. And guess what? She fell. Thankfully, though, Jesus, 
He used the Word of God with Satan and all those things. And Jesus did not sin. Jesus succeeded. And if we're going to be successful against those things, you know what we've got to use? Not the new latest and greatest slogan that's out there. We don't need to go search the internet or go watch the latest talk show and find out who the new trending, uh, you know, Dr. Phil is. I don't even know if Dr. Phil's still on. You know, type character is that everybody's talking about. Or Dr. Spock was back in the old day. Whoever. We don't need to go to those people. We need to go to the Word of God. These principles last forever, but we've got to have the Word of God in our hearts so we'll know what to do when the devil uses his same old tricks but in new disguises. In Psalms 119, verse 11, it says, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Because Satan will not have any new tricks in 2019. You all understand that? I don't know what Satan's going to use in 2019. I don't know who Satan is going to use in 2019 to try to shove more perversion down our throats. I don't know what he, who he's going to use. I don't know what exactly he's going to use. But I can promise you, it will be the same things he's used before, just repackaged, just retitled. It'll be the same thing. And if you have the Word of God in your heart, if you've memorized the Word of God, if you've meditated on the Word of God, you will be able to see through these things. And you will be able to successfully combat these things. Second Corinthians two nine says, "For to this end also did I write that I might know the proof of you, whether you be obedient in all things. To whom ye forgive anything, I forgive also. For if I forgive anything, to whom I forgave it, for your sakes forgave I it in the person of Christ. Lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices." Paul here he's specifically talking about forgiveness. He's saying, hey, I forgave you. One of the reasons I forgave you is he said, if I don't forgive you, Satan is going to be able to take advantage of me. And he's like, but you know what? I'm not going to let him do that. I'm not going to let him use unforgiveness, which I think could probably be put in the pride of life category. I'm not going to be able to let him use that against me because here's, he said, I'm not ignorant of his devices. He said, hey, we know how Satan works. We know the tricks that he uses. And so you know what? We're going to make sure we follow the Word of God. You know what we're going to do? We're going to forgive other people. We're going to be a forgiving people so Satan can't succeed against us. And that, that principle still works today too. Forgiveness is a very important thing that needs to be a part of our life. And so what people need in 2019, we need the Word of God is what we need. We need God's Word. Psalms 119, verse 97 says, Oh, how I love thy law. It is my meditation all the day. Thou through thy commandments hast made me wiser than mine enemies, for they are ever with me. Hey folks, your enemies of 2018 aren't going anywhere. They're going to be here in 2019 too. But you know what? The Word of God will make you wiser than your enemies. He said, I have more understanding than all my teachers, for thy testimonies are my meditation. Hey, you know how you can be smarter than all the talk show people and the people in the news media and all the psychologists and psychiatrists that are out there? You follow the Word of God. You follow the Word of God. I understand more than the ancients because I have kept thy precepts. Okay? You know, the older people are usually considered wiser and usually they are, but you know what? We can have an advantage even over the ancients and over the elderly if we're following the Word of God because no matter how old your grandma is, the Word of God is even older than she is. And so the Word of God is what stands the test of time. And I'm not telling you don't listen to your grandma, all right? But especially if your grandma is teaching you things according to the Word of God. You better listen. But at the end of the day, the Word of God, it's going to keep you ahead 
of everybody. It says, I have not departed from thy judgments, for thou hast taught me. How sweet are thy words unto my taste. Yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Though through thy precepts I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. So we've got to get the Word of God into our hearts. We've got to meditate. You need to read your Bible in 2019. If you've never read through your Bible, this needs to be the year that you read through your Bible. You've got to get that done. Otherwise, you're going to have the same problems that you had in 2018. You're going to get deceived in the same way that you did in 2018. You're going to have the same failures. You need to have a strong prayer life. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 Pray without ceasing. Mark 14.38 says, Watch ye and pray lest ye enter into temptation, the Spirit truly is ready, but the flesh is weak. Listen, everybody that's going to be celebrating tomorrow night, you know, waiting for the countdown for the new year, hey, their Spirit is ready to succeed in 2019. I mean, 2019 is going to be their year. They are going to succeed. They're going to succeed on that diet. They're going to exercise. They're going to do all these things that they, their New Year's resolutions. But the problem is, in 2019, they're going to go to bed and they're going to wake up that next morning. And yet, you know what? They're going to be stuck with the same flesh that they had in 2018. And you know what? That flesh is weak. The Bible says the Spirit truly is willing, but the flesh is weak. So how are we going to get victory over this flesh? The Word of God tells us how we can get victory over this flesh. We have to walk in the Spirit. And if we walk in the Spirit, we won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Well, what does that look like? How does that work? How do I apply that in every situation? That, that's one of the things we learn in church. That's why you need to hear the preaching. That's why in these next weeks, as we preach these messages, old-fashioned solutions to modern-day problems, you need to be here and you need to listen to these things as we go back to the timeless Scriptures to these timeless principles so we can see how we need to deal with these problems that are going to come our way with whatever they throw at us. And we do here in church, we bring up you know current events and the modern things. We'll, we'll, we'll call out the modern false prophets and these people that are just shoving wickedness down our throats. And we're going to use the Bible to combat the things that they're teaching. And we can get victory. So we've got you need to be in the house of God. Psalms one one says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. When was the last time you were watching television and they got you meditating on the Bible? When was the last time you watched television and you can say you weren't walking in the counsel of the ungodly? Or standing in the way of sinners? Most people are just filling their heads with all the foolishness that comes from there and ignoring the Word of God, you're not going to get it on television. You've got to know where to find it on the internet. You know, but there's a lot more junk that's on there than good. But the house of God, that's one place you can know, hey, there's people here that love the Lord. They're going to, we're going to hear preaching from the Word of God. We're going to be encouraged to do these things. Hebrews 10.24 says, let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. That's one of the reasons we come together because we understand we're all weak. We're all made out of the same flesh that everybody else is made out of. But you know what? The Holy Spirit's inside us and we want to do good so we get around people that are going to motivate us to do good. We're going to, get around a, we're going to go to a church where there's a preacher that's not afraid to get up and tell us what we're doing is wrong and that's not afraid to preach against sin and call it for what it is. We need this. All of us need it. 
We need each other. I need all of you. I want to surround myself with godly people and I'm just not finding it on television. It's just not there. So you know what? We need to get around the house of God and if we do that, we can actually encourage each other and succeed. So if you want 2019 to be a new year with different results or better results, start following the Word of God. The Word of God is timeless. Don't go looking for the new book that's out there. Don't go looking for that new article. Get in the old book. Get in the Bible. We've all heard the statement, you know, those who don't learn from history are doomed to repeat it. Why is it? Because there's no new thing under the sun. It's just the same thing. The devil keeps using the same old tricks. Ecclesiastes 1.9, The thing that has been is that which shall be, and that which is done is that which shall be done, and there is no new thing under the sun. Verse 11, There is no remembrance of former things, neither shall it be any remembrance of things that are to come with those uh, that shall come after. You know, if we're just normal people, one of the things that we'll probably do this year is we will make some really big mistakes. And then you know what we'll do? This is what I was talking about in verse 11. The next generation will forget those mistakes and make the same ones. And isn't that what we see throughout like the book of Judges? A new generation would come up and they'd start following idols instead of serving God. And they would get in trouble. And then they would learn, hey, following idols is bad. Following God is good. They'd go back to following God. And then the next generation would come and they would never say, hey, remember how our fathers followed idols and it got them in trouble? Let's not do that. No, they always did the same thing. You know, it was always the same thing over and over again. And thank God there are exceptions, there have been exceptions, and we can be exceptions. We can be the exception in 2019 if we will actually follow the Word of God, follow the timeless principles of God's Word, and I hope you'll do that. So with that, let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank You so much for Your Word. We thank You for this, your, the Bible, this great gift that You've given to us that can... Uh, guide our lives and help us deal with all these problems that are coming. Dear Lord, I pray You'll help each one here uh, to make the Bible a part of their life. In, in 2019, I pray that they'll read it uh, every day. They'll read through it. That they'll follow it, practice it, be uh, in church and in the house of God around the people of God. And You'll help them to have uh, a great 2019. In Your name we pray. Amen.